I want you to go ahead, go to Matthew chapter 16, and we're going to read verses 1 through 4. It says, The Pharisees also with the Sadducees came and tempting, desired him that he would show them a sign from heaven. And he answered and said unto them, When it is evening, ye say it will be fair weather, for the sky is red. And in the morning it will be foul weather today, for the sky is red and lowering. O ye hypocrites, ye can discern the face of the sky, but ye cannot discern the signs of the times. A wicked and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign, and there shall no sign be given unto it, but the sign of the prophet Jonas. And he left them and departed. Right now, what I want to talk about this morning is the danger of looking for signs. Okay, one thing we happens all the time whenever we're driving down the road. Uh, pretty much any time we see a boat and it has a for sale sign on it, I'll see that tomorrow. It's a sign. It's a sign. I'm supposed to buy that boat. And she's, you know, like you say that every time. And I, I try to use that all the time. I heard a story. I forgot who told this to me. But one of the fellows who used to pastor this uh, church when it was the Church of Christ, uh, one day he was driving down the road and he was just like, you know, Lord, give me a sign. And he literally saw that sign that's out there laying out, laying down somewhere. And he's like, all right, I'll take it. And he took it. And that's where we got that sign <laughs> that's out there. And, uh, you know, obviously, you know, things like that, that are funny. We do that all the time. I, I'm just joking about that. But the truth is, look, you know, asking for signs, looking for signs, it's not always the wisest thing to do. It's not always the best thing to do. I'm not saying that God never give signs. I do believe he does sometimes, but there's there's some dangers in signs. And he said here in this passage, a wicked and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign. We got a lot of people looking for signs for in things that they should be looking for signs for. I like one of the churches in town, it had that sign. If you're looking for a sign that you need to get into church, you know, this is it. You know, right there on that sign. And you know, people shouldn't need signs to tell them to do something that the they know they should be doing, all right? But a lot of people are. They're looking for that. You know, if, if this happens today, you know, then I'll go to church, you know? If this morning, when I, or if in the morning when I wake up and my wife's making breakfast, uh, you know, she's making bacon, then that's a sign I'm supposed to read my Bible. You know, no, you don't, that's not how that works. You don't do things like that. You don't make those kind of deals with God. That's wrong, okay? But at the same time, you know, when sometimes things come up, th- sometimes things happen and we're like, you know what? Is the Lord trying to tell me something? And I'll just give you a little testimony of just, you know, something that's going on with me, something that happened just this week. But, th- you know, uh, you know, there are some areas in the Bible, some positions that I have that aren't necessarily popular. And I was listening to a sermon this week by someone who was preaching on a subject that has a different position than I do. And I listened to that whole message. My wife listened to that whole message. And, you know, we were, you know, we, di- we didn't agree with it. But this fellow who preached, I've known who this fellow was for a long time. I've read, I've read some of his books, but I've never met him. He doesn't know me from Adam. But I listened to his sermon, and it was on a specific subject. And I heard that, and I thought, man, you know, it's sad. A lot of people have this wrong. And so I put a message together for Wednesday night. It was what I preached Wednesday night on Romans chapter 11. I put the whole message together. You know, I thought people need to understand this. And obviously, you know, I mean, this guy's not going to know I preach this, but I thought at least I want our church to know what this chapter means. And so I got that whole study done and I'm not lying. My phone, I got a phone call from that guy who preached that message. He called me up and he didn't say his name right away. And 
he had called, you know, he has this book that he's wanting to sell and everything. And, and I'm like, is this so-and-so? And he's just like, yeah. I, I was like, man, I just listened to you, uh, you preach a message. Uh, I, was just li- I was just listening to it. And, you know, he, he didn't know me from Adam. A missionary gave him my number, told him, you know, to call me and try to sell me the book. And, I, and so I started talking about it with him. And, you know, and, and we disagree on, you know, how certain things play out in the Bible. You know, nothing that, you know, makes him an evil man or anything like that. But, you know, just disagree. And we talked about it for a long time. You know, we had a long conversation. Got to the end of the conversation. He was just like, you know, he was like, you know, it's kind of interesting how you were listening to my message. And, and then I call you up. Maybe the Lord's trying to tell you, you know, maybe the Lord's trying to wake you up. And I was like, I said, yes. And I said, and maybe the Lord knew you needed to talk to me so I could help you out. You know? And, you know, so who's right? You know, who's right in that situation? You know, he's like, yeah, you know, it's something to think about. You think about that, you know, the next few days. And so I did. Uh, you know, and that next day when I went to work, whenever I'm at Walmart, you know, my job, it doesn't take any brains. It's all physical. And sometimes I do. I like to just ponder things, you know, meditate on things while I'm working. It helps the day go by. I, I tell you, I've gotten a lot of inspiration. And I've, I've uh, you know, from just when I'm at work and thinking about things. So the Bible, I'm, I'm thinking about it. And I'm thinking and I'm thinking. And I was like, man, you know, that, that's crazy the way that happened. That just doesn't happen. You know, Lord, are you trying to tell me something? What, do you, what are you trying to tell me? And I'm thinking about that. And I'm, and I'm you know, I was like going to the Bible. And I'm trying to think of the Bible like, you know, I, there's got to be something in the Bible that can help us, you know, pinpoint what signs and what, you know, how, what circumstances are trying to tell us. And I'm trying to think of it. And I, I know it's there and I've got a few thoughts. Well, crazy thing. On later that afternoon, on Wednesday, I had gotten an email. I hadn't, I hadn't looked at it yet. I hadn't watched it. But that same day, when I'd had that conversation, a fellow from Ireland that listened to my message from last Sunday night, he heard me say something in passing in that message that made him think of a sermon that he had listened to by a guy in Australia, and he sent me a link to that message. And I. I hadn't looked at it yet, but Thursday, you know, after I've been thinking about that all day, you know, where in the scripture, you know, where do I go? I went and I listened to that. I went on that email. I went to watch that message and it was on this very thing that I'm thinking of about, you know, the difference between the Old Testament blessing and cursing versus today in the New Testament, you know, where we have, you know, God's chastisement. And I'm like, I listened to that whole message and it was just exactly what I was looking for. And I'm thinking, this is, this is crazy. You know, this is just crazy. You know, and I'm like, you know, these are, these just can't be coincidences. You know, what's going on here? And the truth is, you know, I, I, I was thinking a lot all day Thursday. I was thinking about that. You know, how can people make sure they're reading things right? Because once again, signs, they can be a dangerous thing. We got to be careful. Paying too close of attention. And so how do we know? Okay, And so here in Matthew chapter 16, we see that Jesus said a wicked and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign. We see in Mark chapter 8 and verse 12, where I believe it's, uh, it's the same uh, story here, but we see a little extra detail that happens in Mark chapter 8 verse 12. Look at what Jesus does when they asked him this question, how it made him feel, it says in verse 12, it says, and he sighed deeply in his spirit 
and saith, Why does this generation seek after a sign? Verily I say unto you, there shall no sign be given unto this generation. He sighed deeply. Okay, what was the problem with them asking for a sign? Well, the reason that these Pharisees wanted to see a sign is they weren't willing to just believe the Word of God. They weren't willing to believe the things that Jesus was saying. It wasn't enough that it was from Jesus Christ, the very Word of God Himself. They didn't want to just believe Him. They wanted to see some miracle. They wanted to see some sign. And the truth is, when it comes to signs, while I'm not saying God will never send you one, I don't believe we should ever be looking for them. We should not go looking for signs. We should not wait until the Lord gives us a sign before we do something that He clearly told us to do in His Word. There's going to be times where we don't know what to do, where we maybe you're trying and you just can't seem to find answers, and the Lord might bring something in your life that will help guide you and direct you, but I believe it is a dangerous thing and it's a foolish thing for us to go looking for signs. And we see here in this story, they had no business asking for a sign. They should have just believed what Jesus told them. That should have been enough. But sadly, for many people, just following the Word of God is not enough. Well, it's not enough that, yeah, preacher, you gave me a chapter and a verse. Yes, it says to do that, but you know what? I'm still not convinced. I want to see a sign. Well, we see in the Bible without faith it is impossible to please Him. God wants us to have faith in His Word. And many people today... When they, they don't realize it, but when you are going around looking for a sign, especially when it's something spelled out clearly in the Bible, you're rejecting the Word of God. For a sign, that is a dangerous thing to do. When we have God's Word on a subject, we don't need anything else. We don't need a sign. The Jews had no need of a sign. The very Word of God was in their presence. John 1, 1 calls Him the Word. Jesus was the Word. This Bible is all about Jesus. Jesus Christ Himself is standing before Him. He's telling them these things. They should have believed. They should have accepted it. They had no business even asking for a sign. But we see that signs were actually a downfall of the Jews. Turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. This is a very misunderstood passage of Scripture. I have heard preachers many times you know, talk about how you know, they, they'll use one statement in here where it says the Jews require a sign and they talk about how, you know, Jews, they need to see a sign before they can get saved. And then they'll start telling stories that probably aren't true about all these different signs and things. And it's they're completely misusing this verse. We see signs were a downfall of them. It says in 1 Corinthians one twenty one, For after that in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. For the Jews require a sign. And the Greeks seek after wisdom. They're saying, you know, people today, they're saying, no, to get through to a Jew, you know, they've got to see a sign. Well, yes, that might be what they require. That might be what they asked for, just like the Pharisees did. The Pharisees, they required a sign from Jesus. They said, we'll believe you if you'll show us a sign. But did Jesus give them a sign? No, he said, the only sign you're going to get is the sign of the prophet Jonas. Basically, the sign was Jesus dying and three days later rising from the dead. How much better of a sign can you get than that right there? Jesus said that's all you're going to get. He wasn't going to give them what they asked for. But the Greeks, they seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified unto the Jews a stumbling block and unto the Greeks foolishness, but unto them which are called both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God 
and the wisdom of God because the foolishness of God is wiser than men and the weakness of God is stronger than men. We see for Jews and Greeks to get saved, they have to believe on Christ. And sadly, many people, not just Jews, before they're going to believe, they want to see a sign. But you know what? They're not going to get a sign. And Jesus is a stumbling block to them, the Bible says, because they've made these own rules for themselves. They've required things that God is not going to give. The Greeks, they're requiring wisdom. They want to prove they're smarter than everybody else. They're not going to accept something that just anybody can receive. They want something that's complicated. They want something that takes intellect to understand. This fellow that I was talking to about the subject, I'll admit it right now, intellectually, this guy is so superior to me that it's not even funny. I mean, I, I've, I've read some of this guy's work in an IQ test, he's going to blow me out of the water, all right? When it, if it comes to brain challenges, he could destroy me, all right? I'll admit it, all right? I, why would I even lie to you about that? Y'all could figure that out in no time at all. But you know what? We see in the Bible that the, the truth, it's not that complicated. The truth is simple. The Bible is not complicated. There's a lot of smart people out there that are trying to complicate the Bible, there's people out there that are smarter than me, that they're so smart, they're making salvation complicated. But the truth is, even though they do that, does it actually change reality? The Greeks seek after wisdom, but did wisdom, did their wisdom help them get salvation? No, it actually led them away from truth. It led them away from salvation. The Greeks were smarter than many of these other people, but yet they didn't get salvation because they're thinking, you know, they're not willing to humble themselves and accept the simplicity that's, that comes from the gospel. And many people, they miss out because they're requiring things. No, I want, I want a sign first. I want to see a miracle. Or no, I want, I want to, you know, I need proof. You know, this is, I need something complicated. I want something deep. I'm sorry, that's not what salvation is. And if you put those kind of demands on it, you can do that all you want, but it's not going to do you any good. And it, it pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. Those who are going to get saved, they get saved by believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. That's not simple. Or that is simple. That's not complicated. It doesn't take a great intellect. It doesn't take a great mind. And we see that signs ended up being a downfall for the Jews because they came up with this rule. If we're going to follow something, if we're going to believe something, we've got to see a sign. And if you do things like that, you are going to miss many things from the Scripture. You're going to end up being disobedient many times. Because you're requiring a sign. Signs are dangerous. And here's another reason signs are dangerous. Turn over to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. There's another very good reason that signs are dangerous. And that is because the devil can give signs. The devil is very capable of giving signs. Look what it says. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. It, um, I'm in Timothy. It says, Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders. Before Jesus comes back, there's going to be a time where Satan's going to come along and he is going to deceive many people. Right there it says, even him who's coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders. There's a lot of people out there today looking for signs. Well, guess what? The devil's going to give them what they're looking for. There are people today, they want to believe. They want to believe in something bigger. They want to believe in something that's real. But they're looking for a sign. 
And you know what? God has given us His Word. God has used the foolishness of preaching. God has used things as simple as just a soul winner going out and knocking on a door and presenting the Gospel to them, preaching the Gospel right there. But you know what? That's not enough for people. They want to see some kind of miracle. They want to see some kind of sign. They want to see something unexplainable happen. Well, guess what? The devil's going to give them exactly what they want. And it says, with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie that they all might be damned who believe not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. So we see that Satan clearly is going to deceive many people and he's going to do it with signs. The devil's got a lot of power. Okay, there's a lot of things that can happen. There are circumstances that can happen. There can even be, you know, good things that happen that Satan can use to turn you away from the truth. I believe Satan has the power to heal people if he wants to. I think he can do that. I have no, I have no doubt about that in my mind. And I believe, and it's very clear, I'm going to show you a scripture crystal clear, sometimes God allows deceivers to give signs to see if we really believe His Word. Look at Deuteronomy chapter 13. Deuteronomy chapter 13 and verse 1. It says, If there arise among you a prophet or a dreamer of dreams and giveth thee a sign or a wonder, and the sign or the wonder come to pass whereof he spake unto thee, saying, Let us go after other gods which thou hast not known, and let us serve them. Thou shalt not hearken unto the words of that prophet, or that dreamer of dreams. For the Lord your God proveth you to know whether ye love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. Ye shall walk after the Lord your God and fear Him and keep His commandments and obey His voice. And ye shall serve Him and cleave unto Him. And that prophet or that dreamer of dreams shall be put to death because he has spoken to you to turn, away, turn you away from the Lord your God which brought you out of the land of Egypt and redeemed you out of the house of bondage to thrust thee out of the way which the Lord thy God commanded thee to walk in, so shalt thou put evil away from the midst of thee. You all see that? God says, hey, if a prophet, dreamer of dreams, he comes along and he shows you that sign or wonder, and it, that thing that he predicts, it comes to pass, God's trying to prove you to see if you really love Him. If somebody ever comes along and tells you something that is contrary to the Word of God, I don't care what they do, we should not believe them. We should not follow them. We should not listen to them. I don't care. Listen, you can go to one of these churches, these charismatic churches, and they're telling you, you know, you've got to speak in tongues or get, you know, filled with the Holy Ghost the way they teach it in order to go to heaven. I don't care if that guy in the service, he gets up and he gets in the baptistry and he walks across the water. You should not listen to that guy if he's leading you away from the scriptures, the scripture. This is, this is what God has given. This is what we are supposed to follow. And I'm telling you right now, Satan has the power to do miracles. Satan has the power to give signs. And what we're supposed to go off of is not the signs and the wonders, but what the Word of God says. And right there, God said, I'll let him do it to prove you. Because it also says in Deuteronomy 18, verse 18, it says, I will raise them up a prophet with a capital P from among them, among their brethren, like unto thee, and will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak unto them all that I shall command him. And it shall come to pass that whosoever will not hearken unto my words, which he shall speak in my name, I will require of him. But the prophet which shall presume to speak a word in my name, which I have not commanded him to speak, or that shall speak in the name of other gods, even that prophet shall die. 
And if thou say in thine heart, how shall we know the word which the Lord hath not spoken? Okay? How can we know? Well, when a prophet speaketh in the name of the Lord, if the thing follow not, nor come to pass, that is the thing which the Lord hath not spoken, but the prophet hath spoken it presumptuously, thou shalt not be afraid of him. One of the ways we can know if something's of God is one, if what they say comes to pass. Okay? But at the same time, we see that sometimes God will let what they say come to pass. Why would He do that? Why is He trying to trick us? Well, He's not trying to trick us. He's trying to see where our loyalty is. Is it to a prophet? Is it to a sign? Or is it to God's Word? And see, that's the key. There, there may be some things that are going to come up in your life, some situations where maybe you, know, you don't know Scripture. Maybe there's not a specific verse somewhere. I mean, there's almost always some kind of Bible principle you can find to go off of. But at the same time, you know, ultimately what we should be looking for, whenever we are faced with a choice, with a difficult circumstance, we should never be looking for signs. We should always be looking to the Scriptures. And if something comes up, okay, I told you some of these things that came up this week with me. When things like that come up, you know, how do I know what, do I, what to follow? Well, which ones of those things pointed you to the Scriptures? That, that's what you go off of. You go off what points you to the Scriptures. If something is pointing you away from the Scriptures, you don't pay attention to that. If something's directing you to the Scriptures, then you can, you can pay attention to it. But once again, you know, understand signs can be dangerous. The devil can give signs. You see, signs, the problem with signs, they take away our need for faith. We see, we're not going to take time to read the story, but remember the story of Gideon. First, you know, the angel, he comes and he tells him, hey, I'm going to use you to deliver you from, I think it was the hand of the Midianites. And he goes and he offers that sacrifice and the angel kind of goes up in the smoke. And I think that was the story of Gideon. But, you know, Gideon, he's seeing all these miracles. If you remember the story, you know, God's telling him, hey, I want you to go fight this battle. And then what does he do? Well, if that's really what you want me to do, he lays that fleece out. You know, let it be wet on the fleece and dry on the ground. And then God did that miracle. And then he's like, well, I really want to make sure. And so he does it again, but make it dry on the fleece and or vice versa. I, I'm probably getting these all mixed up. But he keeps asking for all these signs. And God keeps giving him all these signs. But let me tell you, without faith, it is impossible to please him. And Gideon, he's asked for all these signs and God's given him all these signs. And we got Christians that sometimes they'll read that story and they get inspired by it and they're laying out fleeces and things, you know, you know, figuratively speaking. Lord, you do this and I'll know what I'm supposed to do. But what everybody forgets to do is they forget to read the rest of the story. And after Gideon has asked for all these signs and he's got 30,000 men, which is going to be, it's impossible to beat this multitude they couldn't even number with 30,000 men. That's impossible. Okay? That can't be done. But yet God, after giving him all these signs, he ends up taking his army from 30,000 to 300. What in the world? And you know what? Gideon didn't ask for any more signs. God's like, fine, I gave you all these signs, but Gideon, you're going to show some faith. And God gave him only 300 men. And he did. He quit asking for signs. And then God did that great miracle. He gave him that battle plan that made no sense, but it worked. It did exactly what it was supposed to do. He ended up winning. Gideon still ended up having to have faith. And he just finally had to just trust God's Word. And we forget that. People are always asking for these signs. That is foolish. 
That's wrong. We should not do that. Signs take away the need for faith. The faith that God wants us to have, it's not in nothing, but it's in His Word. God wants us to just get to where we take this Bible and we just believe what it says. We, and we do what it says because we trust Him. That's what God wants. But the, but the other problem with signs is we're also very good at misinterpreting signs. Look at John chapter 9. John, th- this passage, I, uh, it makes me cringe every time I read it because one, it was, it was horrible what they did and Baptists do it all the time. John chapter 9, verse 1, And Jesus passed by, He saw a man which was blind from his birth. And the disciples asked Him, saying, Master, who did sin? This man or his parents that he was born blind? Jesus answered, Neither that this man sinned nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. These disciples, these judgmental, you know, better than you disciples, they had a lot of problems. They see a man that's blind, he's blind from his birth, and they look at that and think, Wow. He must really be bad. Either he's bad or his parents are bad. Now, I'm telling you right now, this, this gets my goat. This just sounds like a lot of Baptists that I know. They'll go and they'll see somebody that's going through a hard time and, wow, the Lord must really be mad at them. And the truth is, you know, you can't win in this situation. When you are a Christian in good standing with the brethren, if you're going through difficult times, Wow, the devil's really after that person. Wow, the devil's really persecuting them. You know, the Lord must, you know, really be wanting to do something great in their life because the devil's attacking them. You know, if, you know, if, if your wife gets sick and has cancer or dies or you go through some tragedy, it's the devil fighting you. But if you are not in good standing with the brethren, well, I wonder what the Lord's really trying to get a hold of them. Boy, they really should be listening to the Lord. You know, the Lord's trying to, the Lord's trying to wake them up. The Lord's sending all these things their way. And, you know, and that was one of the things I was really pondering on, really thinking on this message that that fellow sent to me. I mean, it was just right on the money, just explaining how, and I'll probably cover some of this in a little bit, about, you know, it's not how things work today. But we do, we look at that. We'll see somebody in the church going through a hard time that we don't like, that we don't think is a very good Christian, and we're saying that's God's judgment on them. They're, they're suffering because of what they did, but if it's somebody that we like, you know, it's, you know, the devil's after them. You know, truth is, we don't know how to get this right, folks. We can't get it right. I can't take the Bible and show you how you can know who's suffering for the cause of Christ, and who's suffering because of sin. Hey, I, I can't accurately do that. Some of the best people I know, you know, they, they stop, they're, they're suffering. They have health problems. I mean, they're, they're going through hard times. And then some of the sorriest people I know, seems like everything's going great in their life. You know, we, we can't judge things right on, on signs. We're going to misinterpret signs all the time. And in fact, interpreting signs is a very dangerous thing. Turn over to Matthew chapter 7. This is almost everybody's favorite verse in all the Bible. Matthew chapter 7, verse 1. I mean, everybody knows this verse. It's probably the second most popular verse next to John 3.16. And that is, Judge not, lest ye, or that ye be not judged. For with what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged. And with what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you again. Okay, now once once again, not all judging is bad. Okay, people make that mistake. Not all judging is bad. If we see somebody, you know, if somebody's doing something that's sinful, okay, Bible says it's sinful. 
If I say, hey, the Bible says you shouldn't do this. I am not judging that person, okay? God already made that judgment. I'm just telling them what the Bible says. That is not wrong. That is not judging, okay? If I, you know, if I'm, if I'm pointing out sin, if I'm pointing out things that the Bible clearly says is sin, I am not judging people in the sense of what Matthew chapter 7 is talking about here. What it's, talk, what it's talking about here is judging in the sense that when, let's say I see Brother Lonnie, he leaves here today and his car breaks down. He doesn't make it halfway down the road and I'm like, wow, he must not have given his tithe today. <laughs> that judging, that's the kind of judging I'm not supposed to do. God must be after him. Look what happened. Because here's the problem. See, people are like, don't judge me. Don't judge me. I'm not sinning against Lonnie when I do that. When Jesus said not to do that, He was not saying that so we wouldn't hurt other people. He's saying you are going to hurt yourself doing that. Because with what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged. So I see Lonnie's car break down. I judge and it's because he didn't give his tithe. It might have nothing to do with that. Maybe the Lord's testing him. You know, I, I don't know, but now here's the thing. With what judgment I judge, I shall be judged. So next week, I don't pay my tithe. Guess what the Lord's probably going to do to me? I'm not going to make it halfway down the road and my car's going to break down. Fine. You think that's how things are supposed to work? Fine. I'll do that with you. You know, you do something in the church that I don't like and something, you know, something happens and you die, well, the Lord probably killed them for going against me. Well, guess what's going to happen when I go against somebody? You know, and I, I'm wrong. You know, well... Lord's going to judge me according to the way I judge other people. You are foolish if you're going to do that. Let me tell you, I, I, do, I try to give people the benefit of the doubt. If people are struggling, if people are going through hard times, I'm not, going to, I'm not going to say, boy, God must be trying to get a hold of them. Really? You think that's how God gets a hold of people? You know, He gives their wife cancer. You know, He kills one of their kids. You know, listen, I don't want God to get a hold of me that way. So you know, I'm not going to go judging other people like that and saying that must be what God's doing. I have no business doing that. That is not my place to do that. And for me to do that, it, it would be foolish. I'm going to hurt myself by judging that way. And it is, you know, it shows just how warped people's minds are and just how evil they think when they see somebody go through a hard time, when they do something that they don't like and they're like, and things happen. And they're like, yep, that was God judging them. So, okay, so you think people need to die for things like that. that. That's how you feel about that. You feel like if a person, you know, ticks you off, that they should die. Yeah, that person, man, you know, they cussed me out this week and, you know, they were dead before the day was over. God took care of them. Okay, so you, you think if you get cussed out when you don't deserve it, that people should die for that. Well, you better never cuss anybody out, buddy. That is a dangerous thing to do, and it is. It's a it's a very warped mind that does that, and it's a very uh, you know it, it's not scriptural at all to do that. And I'm telling you, don't do that. Do not be one of those churches. All right. When when people are going through hard times, just feel sorry for them. All right. Just pray for them. Just go ahead and assume it's the Lord, you know, maybe the Lord's testing them or assume the devil's fighting them and why don't you go side with them? Why don't you go be friends with them? Why don't you try to help them through it? And maybe when you're going through a difficult time, other people do the same thing for you because 
they, people will judge you the way you judged other people. And I'll tell you right now, God will judge you the way you judge other people. He told us that right there in Matthew chapter 7. So you, you watch out for that. But we are, we're interpreting signs. It's dangerous because we're good at doing it wrong. And so, and signs, they can be interpreted in many ways. Once again, one person's tragedy, it can be, it can be interpreted as God is punishing them or Satan's attacking them. Another person's success can be interpreted as God's blessing or that they've sold out to the devil. Okay? We say all the time, when it's somebody that's on our side and they've got, you know, they, they've got a big church and it's just booming. Wow, you know, the Lord sure is blessing. The Lord sure is doing a great work. But when it's somebody we don't like, somebody that we think is preaching a lie, uh, they obviously sold out to the devil. Isn't that what we do? I, you know, don't look all holy at me like you've never done anything like that. That's exactly what we do. And that's wrong. That's dangerous. Another person's failure many times. It can be interpreted as God's testing or God's punishment. You know, if some guy, everybody leaves his church, it's not going to be God. If, if we like what he preaches, God's testing him. God's trying to see if you're going to be strong. God's going to see if you're going to be faithful through adversity. But if we don't like what the guy's preaching and everybody leaves, well, that's God's punishment on you. God took all your people away and he gave them to somebody else because you wouldn't stand strong. I'm telling you, folks, that is so wrong and that is so dangerous for you. If you want to judge me like that, you know, you're welcome to do that. And that what you do in that won't hurt me. It's going to hurt yourself. That's why Jesus said not to do that, because with what measure you meet, it will be measured to you. And so I like trying to be extremely merciful towards other people and forgiving. Uh, you know, that person kills somebody. Ah, you know, Lord, you know, give him another chance. <laughs> that way, if I do something little, you know, I, I think that's the way we ought to be. You know, just, I mean, be extremely forgiving, you know, and just, and think about that. If that was me, if I was the one that did that, what would I, what would I want to happen to me? If I'm the one that doesn't put my, in my tithes and offerings, what do I want to happen to me? Well, I would prefer that God be merciful and forget all about it and give me a blessing anyway. <laughs> I'm not saying he's going to do that, but you know what? If I judge others that way, I've got a much better opportunity. So you, you you think about that. You pay attention to that. And do not do that. Do not look at what's going on in other people's lives and interpret them as signs. You're going to get it wrong. So when it comes to signs, we should never look for them. But if we do see one, we should only pay attention to it if it points us to the Scriptures and then follow the Scripture, not the sign. Okay? I can say I had two... Major signs come my way this week. One, I feel pointed me away from the Scriptures. Another one pointed me directly to many Scriptures. In fact, one of them, uh, turn over to Galatians chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3, this is where we got our month, monthly memory verse. Look what it says here. And then, I could do a whole long lesson on this, but we're, I'm just going to give you a short version here. But it says, For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse. Verse 10, For it is written, Cursed is everyone that continueth not in all things that are written in the book of the law to do them. Okay? If you don't want to be cursed, how many of the laws do you have to keep? You have to keep all of them. Okay? You don't just get pick and choose or do most. You have to keep all of them. 
But that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God, it is evident for the just shall live by faith and the law is not of faith. But the man that doeth them shall live in them. Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it is written, Curse is everyone that hangeth on a tree. Alright, turn over to Deuteronomy chapter 11. What's that talking about? He's been quoting verses here from Deuteronomy. And in Deuteronomy chapter 11 and verse 26, it says, Behold, I set before you this day a blessing and a curse. A blessing if ye obey the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you this day, and a curse if ye will not obey the commandments of the Lord your God, but turn aside out of the way which I command you to do this day, to go after other gods which ye have not known. See, the way to bless things, if you're being blessed in your life, it's because you're obeying the commandments of God. If you're not getting blessings, if you're cursed in your life, it's because you're not obeying. But wait a minute. How many of these things do we have to do to get the blessing? It's very clear in Galatians, it spells out you have to do all of them. And it's quoting another passage from, look at Deuteronomy chapter 13. While we're in Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy chapter 13, it says, Thou shalt not hearken, un, or um, no, not 13. Uh, I lost my spot. Um, where is it? It says cursed. Oh, wait, Deuteronomy 27. There it is. Deuteronomy chapter 27. Sorry about that. Deuteronomy chapter 27. We're not going to read this whole passage of Scripture. But it goes and it starts, it names a bunch of things. Look what it says in verse, we'll start reading in verse 15. It says, Cursed be the man that maketh any graven or molten image, an abomination of the Lord, the work of the hands of the craftsmen, and putteth it in a secret place. And all the people shall answer and say, Amen. And he goes through and he's naming off all these things they're not supposed to do. And he says, Cursed if you'll do these things. In verse 14, it said, And the Levites shall speak and say unto all the men of Israel with a loud voice, you say these things with a loud voice and they'll say, cursed is everyone that doeth this. And then everybody would respond with an amen. In other words, so be it. We agree. We will not do those things. And they go through and I encourage you to read these. They name off all these things and everybody's shouting back. Amen. We agree. So be it. We will not do these things. But look at what it says in verse 26. Cursed be he that confirmeth not all the words of this law to do them, and all the people shall say amen. That's what Galatians 3 was talking about. Truth, for you to earn the blessing, you have to keep all of the laws. And I asked you this before, has anybody kept all of the laws? Well, if you haven't kept all of the laws, that means you're under the curse. But thank God... Jesus Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law. He redeemed us and He gives us, He gives us grace. And the truth is, if you are receiving blessings today, and we all receive blessings, it's by the grace of God. Sometimes even lost people get blessed. We can't figure out who's right and who's wrong simply by physical blessings. You can't go off that. You're going to get it wrong. God is gracious to people. God is sometimes He's good to people maybe that are lost, hoping to, you know, the goodness of God leadeth you to repentance. You know, He's He's wanting to, He's, you know, He gives them a longer life. We talked to some people yesterday that, you know, we're talking about some of the physical things that they went through and how God brought them through that. We're trying to ask, hey, well, when did you get saved? 
And all they can do is talk about physical salvation. How God got me through this sickness. God got me through that sickness. But yeah, but when did you get saved? And we tried to explain, you know, maybe the Lord gave you those blessings. The Lord's been good to you. He brought you through those physical things because he wants to, he wants to give you the real healing, the healing of your soul. He wants to save your soul. That's the most important thing. And there's people out there that are bad people that maybe God is blessing them because He's trying to lead them to repentance. We, can, we cannot go off things like that, folks. That is foolish to do that. It is dangerous to do that. None of us can earn the blessing of God. And we, do, we say these things all the time. And we make these statements and they're foolish. You know, if you, but listen... You know, blessings that we receive. Okay, and we can't, if you do good, you know, there are rewards and blessings that we get. But do you understand that those gifts that we receive, God is only able to give us those because of grace and mercy. For us to get the idea that we deserve them is so wrong, it's so foreign, and it, it must make God sick. I don't care what you do, I don't care. If you read your Bible for the next 12 hours today and then, you know, and the Lord blesses you with something, you should be like, I earned that one. No, you should thank God for that blessing. I don't care if you emptied your bank account and you put it in the offering today and then the Lord gives you a raise tomorrow at your work. Don't be like, I earned that one. No, every time should be, Lord, thank you. Lord, thank you, Lord. I don't deserve these blessings, but Lord, you're good to me. You're gracious. Sometimes, I mean, I, I can't figure it out. Sometimes I get blessings when I know I don't deserve them. And sometimes I get blessings when I think I deserve them. And then when I study the Bible, I find out, man, I was wrong for thinking I deserve that blessing. So guess what? If I did deserve that blessing, I now don't deserve it because I thought I deserved it. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a messed up way of thinking. And we've got to get past that. We've got to get out of that. We're fools if we look at the blessings that we received and we think we deserve them. We would be, and we would be fools to assume that all the bad things in our life or especially in someone else's life means that they deserve the bad. And when it comes to figuring out who is being blessed and who is being chastised, God does chastise His children sometimes. But you know what? I can't know for sure if you're, when you're being chastised or tested. I, I can't know for sure if it's God chastising you or the devil tormenting you. I, I don't know that. Job's friends couldn't get it right, could they? They saw all that Job went through and they thought God was doing it to him. We know it was the devil that was doing it to him. Job didn't deserve it, but God allowed it in his life. But his friends got it all wrong. We're going to get it wrong every time. And even Job for a long time, he didn't understand what was going on. And we'll go through times like that when we're not going to know for sure. But the truth is... You know, ultimately, the only time we're ever going to be able to figure out whether it's a blessing or uh, whether or whether we're being chastised or tested, it's going to be in our own lives. Okay, there's sometimes when we get chastised and we know we're being chastised. It's like, yeah, God did that to me. Uh, I no doubt about that. We can know that for in our own lives, but you can't know that in somebody else's life. And so we need to be very careful with that. And what we need to do. Is just once again, things are going to come up. You know, if something happens, if there's some sign that you get, I'm not telling you to necessarily ignore it, but I am telling you never go looking for signs. And if you do have something that comes up, only pay attention to it if it points you to the scriptures. 
And that, because this is what we go off of. A wicked and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign. Don't look for them. They might, they might come, they might not, but you can trust the Word of God. That's all we need. So with that, let's all stand together.